Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Being a Fan of Disney podcast. I'm your host, Cody Haber. This episode features a class discussion we had on the Disney animated feature Encanto, in which we talk about the overall impressions of the feature, the animation style, the characters, and some of the themes such as family dynamics, responsibility to family and communities, as well as some of the impact of the music and the overall animated feature. It was a great conversation, it was a lot of fun to have, and I hope you enjoy it. Please come along with us on our adventure. How many people watched Encanto? Okay, so most everyone. All right. Um, overall, what are your initial impre- what were your initial impressions when you watched it? Anybody? Okay. I appreciate the um, focus of the name on a family and not necessarily on the grand adventure having to go from point A to point B. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, overall, I just really loved it, but getting into a little more specifics, I appreciated that um, they kind of used um, different voices, if that makes sense, like specifically with Mirabelle and Louisa, those are not typically like the singing voices that Disney would use, okay. so I like that, that they kind of branched out a little bit. Okay. The first thing that usually catches my attention is not always the story, but how things are animated. So my mind immediately starts to analyze how they did things, and honestly, my first impressions were the house is animated fantastic. That is one of the most creative things I think I've seen Disney are for lately. Being able to animate the house to give a building personality mm-hmm. is pretty pretty unique, honestly. I've not seen that before. I was pretty intrigued throughout the film. I was impressed to see all the ways they were able to meticulously use like floorboards and different areas of the house to convey a personality, if you will, given the fact there was no facial expression, nothing that they would typically use, because Disney kind of has a style that they go for with people to help extenuate emotion, and seeing that applied to a building is kind of it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I've never seen that before. I would agree. I mean, it's that that and when I where I've noticed the animation the most is, and we have a slide on here where we talk about the music, and maybe we'll watch some of the videos. But in the song, uh, we don't talk about Bruno. Um, I cannot remember uh, Pepe's husband. Anybody remember? Felix, the way Felix moves when he is dancing. Like, to be honest, when I saw that in the, in the theater, and when I saw it in the theater, and then I saw it, I've watched it a few times on Disney Plus since it's come out. Uh, and in the theater, when I go to the movie theater, I typically miss a lot of the movie just because you're running around doing other stuff when, when you're there with kids. Um, but in the theater, I remember watching, so I, I kind of watched it and didn't really know 
everything that was going on is really when I watched it on Disney Plus the next time is really when I really, really appreciated it. Um, but in the theater, watching Felix dance in that song, uh, We Don't Talk About Bruno, just the way that they had him move. To me, honestly, that was kind of like, like the first time I saw Toy Story, I was like, this is a game changer. This is completely different. And I can't, ex I can't describe exactly what it is, but when he was dancing on, in there in that song, I thought they have done something. This is like four, like four or five advances, or they, they advance like four or five steps at one time. And I can't exactly explain what it is, but he looked like he was really a, like a real person, obviously looking animated, but a, how a real person would dance, which I thought is just like fascinating. And then like all, when I've watched it at home, I've noticed like all of the characters, they have them, like their dance. I mean, this is a stage production. This could be a Broadway musical. Like they could literally take it from the, the script of the movie, put it on Broadway. They're probably adding another three or four songs to make it a little bit longer. And it is a Broadway musical or production, um, which is really, really fascinating to me just on the like first impression of what they did with this movie. Because usually, you know, like when we talk about Disney musicals, well, most of their animated movies are musicals, right? Because they sing to move the story along. This is a Broadway production that just happened to be animated and released through Disney Animation. Um, I thought it was really, really interesting. Any other like initial comments or initial impressions of it? Okay, some things I think would be interesting to focus on. I just, I, I threw out five things. The characters, uh, that leading into the family, the idea of family dynamics, because this, I think this movie also talks a lot or shares a lot about, there's the surface level entertainment, and then once, once you've watched it a few times or if you've read anything about it, um, it is actually a very, deep meaning movie. Um, so family dynamics, the idea of responsibility to family and your community. Uh, we will talk about the music because that kind of bleeds into all of these. Um, and then the significance, the overall significance or meaning of the movie. So first, with characters, they're, they're essentially, you know, they're all the Madrigal family. Um, you have Abuela in the middle, but then you have <clears throat> excuse me, two families of sisters. And then, you know, the, the brother isn't there for most of the movie. But the two families of sisters, um, you have Julieta, and then you have Luisa, uh, Mirabelle, and Isabella. And one thing that's really interesting, just what I was reading later after seeing the movie a couple times, the color schemes that they used for the characters. They used different color schemes to signify who was a member of which family. So it was a little bit easier to tell. So like this family, obviously you could tell they kind of have like some of the, the more purple shades. Um, whereas 
Uh, Pepe's family has more of kind of the warmer shades of, of yellow and things like that. So uh, real quick, we know that uh, Abuela is like the matriarch of the family. Um, how many people watching the movie felt that she in some ways was the villain? Or the, I shouldn't say villain, she was the antagonist, okay? How many people felt that at the end of the movie? Did anybody still feel at the end of, or at the end of the movie she's still the antagonist? Because one of the like, most interesting things about her character is you see that turn during the song uh, uh, Dos Orejitas. That, and then you kind of realize what her purpose was or why she was behaving the way that she does. Um, because throughout the movie, you'll see, like when she would walk past people, they would kind of stand up. You know, they would, they would try to uh, put on a face and try to impress her. And even to the point where uh, during, right before Isabella's song, She's talking about how she didn't really want to marry the, the person. It was just making Abuela happy and it would make the family happy. And it was all like, so on the, until you see that kind of turn of, or I should say, until you see the curtain being pulled back on that character, she seemed like she was the antagonist in this and everybody was kind of trying to please her at all costs, right? And then one of the coolest things about it is you see kind of what she went through, but then you also see this turn in her, almost like realizing, hey, I've tried to hold on to this for so long, I've tried to protect this for so long, and because I've tried so hard, I've actually, it's a negative outcome. Like I've led to a negative outcome or contributed to a negative outcome because of my actions. Um, then we have uh, Julieta, who can cure you with a mill. Uh, Isabella, who can grow flowers, and um, we learn to grow other things at the end. And then Luisa, who is very, very strong. Um, and I've had several conversations in the car on the way to school, how Isabella, can Isabella really live the world? And um, that's a very interesting like, kind of conversation to have with five and seven-year-olds. Um, if somebody could lift, because it's like, can she lift the world? Uh, well, I guess she could, it showed her, but she lives on the world. How could she lift the world? She lives on the world. Good point, seven-year-old. I don't know, you've got me. Um, handstand. Handstand? Wait, you saying that's how she lifts the world? I'm just trying to make a joke. <laughs> well, no, I'm trying to understand it because I'm gonna use it. Next time he next time he asks that question, I'm going to use that. So, um, anybody else on these characters like? I just wanted to comment on Louisa because I mean she's my favorite character, um, and, and surface pressure is my favorite song mostly because you just at the beginning see her as like oh yeah she's just like a strong woman, but then in the song you realize just how much you know pressure so to speak that she's under and kind of the, the battle with herself in her mind and the line where she says, I feel like I'm worthless if I can't be of service. Like, and Mirabelle didn't really realize just how hard it was for her to, you know, feel like 
there was so much pressure for her to be able to be strong and do everything for the family pretty much. Yeah. The family and the community, right? Like that was one of the, the, the lines hearing it in the theater that I was like, whoa, that's pretty deep. Like how how can she be of service? And or what's her purpose if she can't be of service? And like I think everybody at some point in your life has probably felt that way. That you know, you have to serve a certain purpose and you have to do this regardless of um, you know, the pressure you feel that you're under. Um, same thing with Isabella, you know, like there's this, there's this pressure of always portraying one thing. Like one of the great things about this is everybody in this side of the family is like really feeling that pressure as far as putting on a face, putting on a public face as to what they should represent. And then you, all, you have Mirabelle who at the end sort of becomes the matriarch of the family uh, or will be the matriarch of the family, who, like, she has a learning lesson with everything because she sees her older sisters, Louisa, as just super strong. She doesn't think she has any problems, and she is incredibly annoyed by Isabella because she thinks Isabella has always had everything given to her. And so, like, while you see Isabella learning to be okay and kind of outwardly show that it's okay not to be perfect. And you see Louisa um, being okay to show emotion and admit that she shows emotion. You also have the story of Mirabelle going through this immense growth through the movie and learning like essentially she's not the center of attention, right? She's not, she shouldn't feel sorry for herself because no matter what state, and this is kind of the allegory for everybody, no matter what state we all are in, everybody is dealing with other things, right? Everybody is dealing with their own things. And so trying to be more understanding of people, I think is a really, really interesting story, especially with this side of the family. Um, the next side of the family, so here um, we have Peppa and Felice, Dolores, who can hear pin drop, Camilo, who's the shapeshifter, born to entertain, and Antonio, who is kind of the, you know, he, he's the kid who gets his powers at the beginning to kind of kick everything off. And then poor Bruno, that was the promotional uh, poster they put out for Bruno before. Um, but what I think is interesting about these, this side of the family, or these uh, five characters, including Bruno, is like just kind of living day to day and how, how, how they try to just make it from one day to the next, right? Pepe and Felice are always trying to sort of control uh, how, how they react to things so, you know, Pepe doesn't get too upset and ends up getting married in a hurricane, stuff like that. Uh, Camilo is there as he is the entertainer. He's the one who is always, you know, he's like the the teenager who's always trying to crack jokes. Um, Antonio's the the sweet kid that kind of is the that kicks it all off. And then uh, really interesting to me is Dolores, who is that kind of 
that character who lives in the background for most of the movie, and what seems like most of kind of the family's um, makeup, right? Like she can hear everything that goes on, um, but yet she doesn't speak that much, right? Like she's not, yeah, it shows that she's the one who says, talks about Mirabelle at the dinner table, but like she's, she knows all of these secrets because she can't block it out. She hears everything that goes on. And like kind of the pressure of what does she do with all of this information is really, really interesting. Um, what, uh, like what characters in the movie, not just the five up here, but what characters in the movie stood out to you? Yeah, like which which ones did you like? Which ones were you kind of attracted to? Or I mean, I mainly had an interest in uh, Louisa and Bruno for the most part. I mean, of course, you know Bruno is this elusive character for a good chunk of the yeah. movie. So when you finally do see him and see his personality, it's just like, oh, he's not you know all what they chalked up to be because you know they're in. You know, we don't talk about Bruno, they make him out to be this like super bad guy, like he's the villain or something like that, like he did something evil, when in reality it was just a well uh, not accepting what he saw essentially. Yeah. So to see him actually in action and him be basically a nervous wreck almost um, was kind of understand was very understandable. And then for Louisa, I think Comparing her to Isabella, I feel like you see more of that pressure causing her to crack more than yeah. Isabella. Because, um, like I said, just the fact that she has some certain pressure does help with that. So, um, I think that you do get to see a little bit more of her emotions and how it's really affecting her since she is the first one that Mirabelle goes to about everything. So. I just feel a little closer. Okay. To them. All right. Anyone else? I was kind of piggybacking off of what he said, but I like the way that they intro introduced and like continued through their story. Because like at first they introduced Bruno through the song, but they associate with him him with the color green, which is like for Disney like a villain. Yep. So I like that they did that, and then when Mirabel actually goes to find him, he's like this superstitious skittish, mysterious character who just wants to be a part of the family but is too scared to actually put himself out there. And so I just really liked how, I don't know, from like the first like, I don't know, 30 minutes of the movie, it was like, he was a good distractor yeah. for like what was actually going on. Um, and then Mar Maribel's my favorite character. That's only because like, I just really resonate with her. Just like, Waiting on a Miracle, that song resonates with me and I don't know, even before I saw the movie, my family was like, that's you. And I'm like, but I can totally see it because I'm like the curious one, the one who wants to fix everything, who wants to be something in the family. Um, so it was really cool to see her go through her journey of realizing that she doesn't have to, be, have, to have a gift to be loved yeah. and to be worthful in her family. Yeah. And I think that's one of the really cool things about this is you see like each one of these characters, they actually 
I should say for most characters, they actually like have a resolution. Camilo, he's the entertainer. Antonio, you know, he's there like kind of to move things along at the beginning, get things started. But you see this resolution, or you see this growth for all the other characters. Um, and I think another interesting thing that the movie deals with is like the pressure of family dynamics. Like what are family dynamics that I think at everybody here is probably of age where you have at least, or you are starting to kind of experience or understand what happens within a family dynamic and how there is so much pressure. And one thing that's so interesting about Abuela is everybody trying to live up to her standards. But the thing is, what we learn at the, at the end is she's trying to live up to a standard that she has set incredibly too high for herself, right? She feels this pressure to live up to the standard and protect everybody. And in, in the meantime, like she's trying to protect everybody, everybody's trying to make her happy. That's ultimately what causes a lot of the problems in the movie until at the end when they can kind of come together and realize what they are, like they have common ground and, and what they actually mean. Which to me leads into that responsibility to the family and also responsibility to the community that everybody had a responsibility to uphold, whether it was Mirabel feeling that she needed to fix things, Abuela, that she needed to keep everything going, uh, Luisa needing to fix, physically fix things in the house and in the community um, for the community members, or even Isabella like trying to put on that face of she is going to be like the perfect one. She's going to be the one that gets married first and passes on, like uh, has more children to kind of pass on the miracle with the family. And each one of these characters is dealing with all of this pressure from both feeling like they have to um, support the family, but also to help the community, right? And then the music, and we don't really have time to play a lot of the music, but I think a lot of people have heard it. I'll put this on, uh, on Canvas, so because that, those are hyperlinked to the like official videos. Um, so they are the official videos, so you can, it's okay to watch them. But what about the music? Like, what did people think of the music, and are there any particular songs that stand out to you? We have uh, Waiting on a Miracle and Surface Pressure we've mentioned already. Anyone else? Yeah, recording, I can't help but mention. So we don't talk about that one. Yeah. It's, it's several different reasons why I like it. And a lot of it comes down to the difference in how they, the rhythm and how each other sing the song, how the layering of their voices toward the end of the song kind of adds to that buildup of confusion and um, pressure on Mirabelle to figure out what the secret is um, and how it's cut off by her dad walking in afterwards. So it's like a lot of different things that this song does, both musically and narratively that I love. Yeah. It is, it, it is the song to me that, watching that, is that's the song that made me think this is a Broadway musical, like this is a Broadway production. Because there's even a point, go back and, and watch the video, 
when, near the end of the song, like the layering of the voices, that is, you know, that's something that Lynn manuel Miranda has done in many of his productions. Um, and it, that's something I really enjoy, like when that happens in a production. But at the, toward the end, right before that, uh, you see everybody, like the family in the house and they're all kind of pointing up. Like that is a, like, that's what you see from a Broadway company when they are doing a musical number like, that's like this culminating or that would probably be like the musical number right before the intermission on a Broadway production. Um, I, I think there's a lot of meaning in the music, which is great. Dos Orejitas has been nominated for a best song in the Academy Awards. Um, and I think if you go back and you listen to the music and you listen to it a few times and watch these videos because they have the, the words on them, um, they are very, very deep. And when you, once you listen to them a few times, like you kind of start to, it takes on a new meaning for you. Yeah, I mean, I've watched this movie a few times because I've been a seven-year-old sister. But um, when I was watching it again, I was listening to What Else Can I Do, which is not a song that I whole lot of people listen to. But if you listen to like the beginning of the song, you know, Isabella is singing her part, and then when Maribel is singing, she's singing the, the rhythm to Waiting on a Miracle. Mm -hmm. And so, like, from the beginning of that song, she's like, hey, this is my miracle. Let's, you know, hug so that I can fulfill my miracle. But by the end of that song, she realizes that the miracle is for the whole family. Yeah. You know, the candle, you know, blooming. So I really like the progression and the development through that song. And that's not a song that gets a lot of attention. Yeah, it's, it's a really, really good song once you, like, it, the meaning of it is really, really good because it's also kind of twisted in there, Mirabelle kind of realizing that, oh, it's not all about me. Like, Isabella has been under as much pressure or possibly, she probably feels more pressure than I have. Uh, and it's all like this, this relative, uh, these relative feelings people have. You mentioned the... Uh, you mentioned the, t the tune in that. In the family madrigal, when Abuela sings, she's singing to the tune of Dos Arreguitas. Uh, so if you go back and you listen, that part where she sings her portion of that song is the same tune as Dos Arreguitas at the end. It's a little bit faster, so it's not easily recognizable. But um, And then just kind of, because we're running out of time, like what's the overall significance of this movie, you think, to... Like this is the the most recent movie released by Disney Animation. Um, it definitely kind of expands on that what the studio, what the company is trying to do with diversity, diverse storytelling. It's not without its criticisms um, because it, it it has been criticized for the the uh, some of the cast, but more importantly, the the production aspect of it. Um, and tell, trying to tell a story that could uh, possibly should be told by someone else. So it's not without criticisms. But what do you think is the overall significance of this? And like, what does it do moving forward? Um, I mean, really, I feel like for the most part, it's just you know, we are going a line that says you're more than just your gift. So I think it's kind of like realizing that you're special no matter what. Like, 
you as a person, that's not just in the movie, but in life, everyone is special and important, even if you don't have this special thing that you do, because like when they all are basically stripped of their gifts and their powers, they're all like, well, what do we do now? Like, we're, without our gifts, we're nothing, and Mirabel kind of teaches them, like, that's not true, because you're so much more than that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good comment. Anybody else? Um, it's, I really, really liked it. And when I went, as I listen to the music more and watch it more, it takes on a deeper meaning. And one thing I, I guess we'll conclude with is part of it is me getting older, having kids growing up, like the responsibilities you have as a parent and, and things like that. But this scene, this story seems more uh, pointed in its, in its kind of lessons, its underlying lessons to people um, than, than some of the other stories. Like some of the other stories back in the 90s and everything, like those all told great stories and had great lessons in those as well. Uh, this one is a little bit more, although it's under the surface a little bit, but it's more pointed than, than we've seen. So maybe it points to, is this going to continue and the studio is just going to continue pointing out more kind of pointed lessons um, for with their productions. Because ultimately, like uh, we talked about edutainment before, if you can entertain while somebody is learning something and they don't know they're learning something right off the bat, then that's typically the most um, effective form of, of letting somebody know something or explore different things. Um, anything else? All right, well, we will, that's class for today. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of the Being a Fan of Disney podcast. I'm your host, Cody Haver. I want to take this opportunity to thank everyone for joining us and listening and to say that I hope you found the information, whether content covered in class or interviews with guests, fun, informational, entertaining, and even inspiring. If you want to follow along with the class, you can do so by following me on Twitter at chaverphd. That's C-H-A-V-A-R-D-P-H-D. Or by joining the public group on Facebook, Being a Fan of Disney. If you want to engage with any of the guests we've had in class, their contact information is included in each of the show notes. So again, thank you for joining us. It was a great time having you. If you like what you hear, please share this out so other people can engage with the information, possibly learn more about their Disney fandom and their love for all things Disney related. With that, thank you again and have a great day.